Welcome back to the Hemingway List for Book 6, Chapter 20 of War and Peace. Helena refused Berg's invitation, for which Pierre considers her cruel, yet it seems that Pierre himself is perhaps cajoled into attending. Berg explained so clearly why he wished to gather a small and good company at his place and why this would be a pleasure to him and why he would be sorry to spend money on cards or on something bad. But on good company, he was ready to suffer the expense that Pierre could not refuse and promised to come. Do you think that Pierre would also like to refuse or is this simply showing the personality of Berg? What do you think Pierre's thoughts are on the interaction between himself and the Bergs? And do you think he would like one more than the other? This chapter seems to be making a pointed statement about the necessity of money in Petersburg society. Everything was exactly the same as with everyone else. Do you think that this is meant to be a revelation to the reader? Or does the idea presented through the soiree look to be playing into the character's development? Book Verm says, To be honest, Pierre is such a strange character that I still don't have a great read on what his motivations or reactions to characters will be. Part of my like of him is due to his friendship with Andre, which to me speaks volumes about him. As to the later points, I find the striving to recreate what is the accepted party as comical and really enjoyed the chapter. I'm sure it is commentary on society and how well and how what is done in the higher circles is imitated throughout the rest of society and the importance of appearing to be well off. Though it reminded me of the type of planning someone does with their roommates the first time they are going to throw a party in college, running through the checklist of we've got beer and some liquor, we set up two tables for beer pong, Craig's coming over and bringing his DJ equipment, etc. It's just funny, little reflection on actions we all take in life when trying to impress and building on things that we have internally deemed as successful. Warren Kovafifi says... I think Pierre wanted to attend because Helena didn't. I think it's a mix of Pierre's good nature and to soften the blow of Helena not wishing to attend. I suppose it's possible that Pierre was cajoled, though, since he falls so easily to pressure from others. I found the closing line, everything was exactly the same as with everyone else, to be a little depressing. Berg and Vera are announcing themselves as being members of high society and it's basically them proclaiming, look, we're just like everyone else. Um, yeah, they're boring, right? That's my biggest takeaway, especially with Vera. Or the whole novel, so far, she's just been presented as the person who's just kind of boring. Zuyon responded to Warakovov, he's saying, At first I had the same thought as you about the closing line being depressing, but I'm sure that Vera and Berg would feel quite differently and be rather pleased with themselves, since fitting in is very important to both. There's a good point. They're happy. They're just not very interesting. Uh, okay, what are we doing? Let's read. Let's keep reading. Chapter 21. I think that's what we're up to. Yes, we are. Alright, chapter 21 goes like this. Pierre, as one of the principal guests, had to sit down to Boston with Count Rostov, the general, and the colonel. At the card table, he happened to be directly facing Natasha and was struck by a curious change that had come over her since the ball. She was silent and not only less pretty, 
than at the ball, but only redeemed by plainness by her look of gentle indifference to everything around. What's the matter with her? thought Pierre, glancing at her. She was sitting by her sister at the tea table and reluctantly, without looking at him, made some reply to Boris, who sat down beside her. After playing out a whole suit, and to his partner's delight, taking five tricks, Pierre, hearing greetings and the steps of someone who had entered the room while he was picking up his tricks, glanced at Natasha. What's happened to her? he asked himself, with still greater surprise. Prince André was standing before her, saying something to her with a look of tender solicitude. She, having raised her head, was looking up at him, flushed and evidently trying to master her rapid breathing, and the bright glow of some inner fire that had been suppressed was again a light in her. She was completely transformed, and from a plain girl had again become what she had been at the ball. Prince André went up to Pierre, and the latter noticed a new and youthful expression in his friend's face. Pierre changed places several times during the game, sitting now with his back to Natasha and now facing her, but during the whole of the six rubbers he watched her and his friend. Something very important is happening between them, thought Pierre, and a feeling that was both joyful and painful agitated him and made him neglect the game. After six rubbers, the general got up saying that it was no use playing like that and Pierre was released. Natasha on one side was talking with Sonia and Boris and Vera with a subtle smile was saying something to Prince Andre. Pierre went up to his friend and asking whether they were talking secrets, sat down beside them. Vera, having noticed Prince Andre's attentions to Natasha, decided that at a party, a real evening party, subtle allusions to the tender passion were absolutely necessary and seizing a moment when Prince André was alone, began a conversation with him about feelings in general and about her sister. With so intellectual a guest as she considered Prince André to be, she felt that she had to employ her diplomatic tact. When, Pri when Pierre went up to them, he noticed that Vera was being carried away by her self-satisfied talk, but that Prince André seemed embarrassed, a thing that rarely happened with him. What do you think? Vera was saying with an arch smile. You're so discerning, Prince, and understand people's characters so well at a glance. What do you think of Natalie? Could she be constant in her attachments? Could she, like other women, Vera meant herself, love a man once for all and remain true to him forever? That is what I consider true love. What do you think, Prince? That was my phone going blip blip, by the way. I know your sister too little, replied Prince André with a sarcastic smile under which he wished to hide his embarrassment, to be able to solve so delicate a question, and then I have noticed that the less attractive a woman is, the more constant she is likely to be, he added, and looked up at Pierre, who was just approaching them. Yes, that is true, Prince. In our days, continued Vera, mentioning our days, as people of limited intelligence are fond of doing, imagining that they have discovered and appraised the peculiarities of our days, and that human characteristics change with the times, in our days, a girl has so much freedom that the pleasure of being courted often stifles real feeling in her. And it must be confessed that Natalie is very susceptible. This return to the subject of Natalie caused Prince André to knit his brows with discomfort. He was about to rise, but Vera continued with a still more subtle smile. I think no one has been more courted than she, she went on. But till quite lately she never cared seriously for anyone. You know, Count she said to Pierre, even our dear cousin Boris, 
who between ourselves was very far gone in the land of tenderness, alluding to a map of love, much in vogue at that time. Prince Andre frowned and remained silent. You are friendly with Boris, aren't you? asked Vera. Yes, I know him. I expect he has told you of his childish love for Natasha. Oh, there was childish love, suddenly asked Prince Andre, blushing unexpectedly. Yes, you know, between cousins intimacy often leads to love. La cousin's âge est un dangereux voisage. Don't you think so? Cousinhood is a dangerous neighbourhood. Oh, undoubtedly, said Prince Andre, and with sudden and unnatural liveliness he began chafing Pierre about the need to be very careful with his fifty-year-old Moscow cousins. And in the midst of these jesting remarks he rose, taking Pierre by the arm and drew him aside. Well, asked Pierre, seeing his friend's strange animation with surprise and noticing the glance he turned on Natasha as he rose. I must I must have a talk with you, said Prince Andre. You know that pair of women's gloves? He referred to the Masonic gloves given to a newly initiated brother to present to the woman he loved. I, uh, but no, I will talk to you later on. And with a strange light in his eyes and restlessness in his movements, Prince Andre approached Natasha and sat down beside her. Pierre saw how Prince Andre asked her something and how she flushed as she replied. But at that moment, Berg came to Pierre and began insisting that he should take part in an argument between the general and the colonel on the affairs in Spain. Berg was satisfied and happy. The smile of pleasure never, never left his face. The party was very successful and quite like other parties he had seen. Everything was similar. The lady's subtle talk, the cards, the general raising his voice in the card table and the samovar and the tea cakes. Only one thing was lacking that he had always seen at the evening parties he wished to imitate. They had not yet had a loud conversation among the men and a dispute about something important and clever. Now the general had begun such a discussion and so Berg drew Pierre to it. Alright, there we go. There's another chapter for you. A little bit of love. I was going to say love triangle, but it's starting to get a bit more complex than that. Something more like a love cube. Anyway, have your say about it at the subreddit. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you tomorrow.